Welcome back to our deep dive, our scuba diving adventure into the book of 1 Peter. We continue our journey through Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Peter writes, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to obtain from fleshly lust which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. In these two verses, Peter pleads for these precious saints to rise above the moral chaos and confusion of their time. And he provides them with a motivation for rising above this moral chaos and confusion. Then, like now, these saints were trying to stay strong while everything around them was trying to tear them down. The world around them was hostile toward their faith and their values. We see the same thing in, in our society today. Believers are called extremists, haters, intolerant, and out of touch. Here's what you need to understand. If you seek to live your life in a way that honors and glorifies God, you will be attacked. Count on it, bank on it, prepare for it, because assault is going to come. Now, we do not go looking for it. We, we don't paste a bullseye on our chest and say, I'm a believer, hit me with your best shot. That's not what we do. However, we need to understand as we seek to live a life that honors God and glorifies God, we will be assaulted by the world around us. In fact, Jesus himself said, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Listen to this key phrase, because of me. It is not of any value to the kingdom of God for us to act arrogant or superior or uppity or as if we have arrived and then the world around us mocks us because of that arrogance. That is not what Jesus says. He says, if you experience these things because of me, we are going to experience hostility from the world. Now, sadly, there is a great tendency among many modern day saints to do one of two things. The first is to say, well, I will just go along to get along. I'll succumb to the culture around me so that they do not see that bullseye on me. Or the second approach by some believers is to say, well, faith is a personal thing. It is not up to me to tell someone else how to live their life. It is a, faith is a personal thing. Those are the two things we cannot, 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 absolutely cannot do. Our lives are not about our safety. Our lives are about God's glory. Remember, our mission is to make his name great. You will recall that is the challenge presented to us 
by Peter in, in verse 9. Let me go back in and remind us of what Peter says in chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Those are not the things I want to focus on in this session, but listen to the next phrase and why we are reminded to be these things. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are called to be what? We're called to do what? Peter says in verse 9, we are called to proclaim. The word, the Greek word translated proclaim, literally means to publish, to display, to show forth. The emphasis is not on what we say. The emphasis in verse 9 is on what we do and how we behave. I have heard it stated numerous times, your actions speak so loudly, I can hardly hear what you were saying. This is the principle behind the verses we consider this session. Let me read verses 11, 12 again. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. These two verses provide an introduction to Peter's coming discussion on the practicality of our theology as we live out our faith in the arena of everyday life. Now, now let's take some time to unpack un these two verses. The first phrase, beloved, I urge you. The phrase is one of strength. It's one of depth. Peter says, I, I plead with you. I beg you. I am laying my heart out before you. I can almost see the, the furrow on his brow and, and hear the strain in his voice as Peter pleads with gut-wrenching conviction, please don't miss this. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. We have discussed the concept of aliens and strangers in the first chapter of this precious Epistle. Remember, the, the word alien is the Greek word paroikos, uh, and it refers to one who lives in a place that is not his true home, and that is us. If you have repented of your sin, placed your faith in Jesus, and made him master and Lord of your life, if you are saved, heaven bound, rather fight than switch, this world is not your home. You are a stranger living in a land that is not your home. In fact, the writer of Hebrews reminds us, for here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. So we are aliens, strangers, sojourners, individuals who are venturing through on a temporary a period of time, this 
world because this world is not our home. So how do we identify a stranger, an alien, a foreigner, a sojourner? They walk different. They talk different. They have different customs, different mannerisms, different priorities. You can see them and you observe how they look physically, but more than that, you observe their behavior and their mannerisms. I have heard the question posed frequently, if being a Christian were a crime, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Now, I understand the sentiment. But the issue is not proving our faith. The issue is displaying our faith, demonstrating our faith in a way that would draw a lost world to Christ. I think of, uh, of the world leader, Mahatma Gandhi, who said, quote, I might be persuaded to become a Christian if I ever met one. I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And perhaps some of you listening can relate. I know I sure have. I can. In fact, some of the ugliest, most vile things that have ever been said to me in life have been said by people in the church. <laughs> Peter is challenging these precious saints to be a fragrant aroma and a shining light that would attract a pungent, dark world around them to the Christ that lives within them. So how could they do that? Back to the text. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fresh, uh, fleshly lust which waged war against your soul. First, we reflect our alien status by the things we do not do. You see what Paul says, uh, what Peter says there, that you abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. The apostle Paul had the same concept in mind when he wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, quite, quite a laundry list, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The blessed apostle John wrote, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. That verse gives new meaning to the age-old adage that we are to be in the world, but not of the world, doesn't it? The transformation of Christ on the inside must, must, must be evident on the outside. These desires wage war 
against our flesh. Our life is a daily battle of dying to our flesh so that we might walk in the Spirit. Moment by moment, day by day. It is actually the process that we refer to in religious arenas as sanctification. The process of moment by moment, day by day, being conformed to the image of Christ in our character and our conduct. But why fight this fight? If it is so hard, why wage this war? Why endure this daily conflict? The simple answer is because your life is not about you. My life is not about me. Our lives are all about Christ and seeing people around us be drawn to the Christ that lives within us. Look at verse 12 again. Peter writes in verse 12, keep your behavior excellent. In verse 11, he's told us what things we are not to do. In verse 12, he tells us what things we are to do. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them. Notice not in spite of your bad deeds, he says because of your good deeds. There is a difference. Because of your good deeds as they observe them. Glorify God in the day of visitation. We are to live for God. So that as we live for God, those around us are drawn to God and will be able to glorify God, Peter says, on the day of visitation. We live for God so that those around us are one to God and will glorify God when they stand before God as a result of the way that you and I have lived our lives. People all around us desperately need to see Jesus within us so that seeing Jesus in us they are drawn to that Jesus in us and they will want the Jesus in us to come live in them as well keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may mock you, Peter says, but they have their eye on you. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. I do not know about you, but this little light of mine, I do want to let it shine. We'll see you next session. This study through God's Word is a study for scuba divers. As I shared in our introduction, there are two approaches to God's Word. You can approach God's Word as a snorkeler, or you can approach God's Word as a scuba diver. Snorkelers stay on the surface. They get a panoramic view of what's in the Word. But the scuba diver goes deep. He immerses himself in the water and he finds the treasures buried among the reefs below. We want to help you find the treasures of God's word by going deeper. 
And I hope that we have accomplished that. As always, we'd love to hear from you. Word Power Media Ministry, our email address, wordpowermm at gmx.com. Also, if you have a prayer request, please feel free to reach out to us. Our team would love to lift that prayer uh, to the Lord on your behalf. We consider ourselves family. You may have never been in a room with us face to face, but if you've joined us in this journey through God's word, we consider you family. And we want to do everything we can to encourage you and to minister to you. Thank you.